0: A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Welcome back, Rebel Materials, and Force Ghost Close to Coast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Liz and Matt. And we are here to check back in on the Bad Batch. We had talked about doing a mid-season check-in, but it seems like there's not much going on in the Star Wars world right now. So why not dig in a little bit deeper here? So last time we spoke, we had watched the pilot, which is the double-size episode as well as the second episode, but today we're going to be discussing the episodes Cut and Run and Cornered. And before we get into sort of specifics, I just want to know how you guys feel the episodes are going. Like are you are you guys enjoying the series? Are you are you frustrated by the pace of it? Just, you know, generally. And Matt, I want to start with you. What, what do you What do you think of the sort of construction of the series thus far?
1: I, I think it's good so far. Because um, even in the, I don't know, what felt more fillery, the cut-and-run episode, you did get a deeper sense of who the clones were in relation to each other. And you got to see a lot more about Tarkin and Crosshair. Um, so yes. I think it's... M- it, I mean, compared to the other animated series is much better paced. Um, Even this far in, we haven't kind of totally diverged yet for no reason. Um, So I'm, I'm enjoying how it's going so far. Liz, what about you?
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think I mentioned um, on our last podcast about the Bad Batch, how I wasn't, you know, thoroughly excited for this series. And then I wasn't thoroughly excited to watch these next two episodes either but I, I wound up enjoying them more than I thought I would. I I think it, the topics that were covered or the ideas that were covered in these episodes are ones I, I didn't know I necessarily would be interested in. Um, sort of this idea of um, clones versus recruits. Um, what the difference is, maybe this transition from clones to stormtroopers and maybe this idea of how... I don't know if we could say stormtroopers have some sort of humanity, but a person's humanity changes how they behave. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the, um, I guess the fourth episode too, um, you know, maybe there was just some sort of mystery there that I I didn't think I would be interested in either. Omega seemed to be um, key in that episode Um, in, in a way that was mysterious. You know, why was Fennec interested in her? Um, so again you know these are things I didn't think I would be interested in and again sort of mining these small things within the Star Wars universe um, that we haven't maybe looked at too deeply before that are new but I enjoyed them and I I thought the pacing was fine Um, I I thought it was all right, and I think we talked about how this uh, season maybe is longer than we thought it would be right I forgot Mm -hmm. how many episodes it is
0: 16 Mm -hmm. I believe yeah yeah so i I, I'm, I may be slightly more down on the pacing than you guys are but i think that a big part of that is just that i was blown away by how much fun that initial pilot episode was and how we got so much so much happened in that pilot and then i feel like every episode since has been considerably less and part of that is just that's that's what happens with most shows, right? The pilot has to do a lot of heavy lifting to get you to a place where you can then invest in not just the characters but in the plot and the sort of world of the show. And so I understand that the pilot needed to do more heavy lifting, but I guess I just wish that each of these episodes went like 5% further. Like, I feel like one of my complaints about We'll talk about cornered for a second, the the um the most recent episode. I feel like it was never really in question that Omega would be rescued. Mm. And I, I don't know if that's because just we have a um we have like a sense of how these shows are structured. But remember when we were watching The Mandalorian and we were like, There's no way that Grogu's gonna be taken. And then Grogu was taken. And it just just made – it it added so much more to the the sort of tension of the show. And I just never believed for a second here that Omega would be taken. And so um, until I believe that, any situation like that is not going to feel important to me. Uh, Not that I didn't enjoy the episode. I just wish, like I said, that everything went just a little bit further in terms of what they actually – in terms of the fears of the show, or the fears of the characters, the the danger of the setting, like you know, it, I just not. I guess I'm just not. I'm not buying into the um, the danger just yet.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I guess. I I feel like part of why I was less excited for the Bad Batch is also because it, in my mind. A, even with Star Wars, I feel like the stakes are always lower in an animated show. At least to me. I, I don't know why. And maybe just in general, maybe not just Star Wars. And I, I guess my expectation was that the stakes would be lower in this show. That, that you know, Omega would be rescued. And maybe that's why I, I, I felt better about these episodes. That, yeah,
1: that's I guess. Fair. I, yeah. I could also see, looking back, because again it became more obvious as time went on in the clone wars but in the first couple seasons it wasn't clear that when we look back the clone wars we're seeing that this series is about the rise of ahsoka tano when it really was billed as this is what happens to have anakin skywalker fall and i think in a lot of this as we look back there's a possibility that these episodes even though they are about um you know, the bad batch and trying to come together and, you know, just four crazy clones raising a young girl. Um, that is gonna we're gonna look back and see that this is really watching the Tarkin doctrine in motion. And I think that's gonna be more and more important as we go forward is this idea that Tarkin is going to be this force um to be reckoned with. And I think looking back, that might be the more heavy part of the series.
0: That's Hmm. interesting.
2: Yeah, that is interesting.
0: So, um, I have seen a few people now compare this to The Mandalorian in the sense of Omega being Grogu and sort of her four dads being The (laughs) Mandalorian, right, being Din. Um, (laughs) And I, I, I had not thought of it that way, just because to me, even though they call Grogu the child, to me, that character seemed utterly helpless, whereas I feel like Omega has has proven that they're not helpless, you know that that she is able to do some things on her own and all that. Do you guys see that as a fair comparison or no?
1: uh I, I don't. I unfortunately see her much more, um, let's see if Liz can back me up, as a Wesley Crusher type character. Oh. Yeah, because she she's clearly going to be like the strongest and the most capable and tap into something enormous. Um, so I think she's going to be saving them more than they save her. So I don't know if that's as fair a comparison. Sure.
2: Yeah, um... Yeah, and I, you know, and like you said, Brian Grogu is a bit helpless um, throughout most of The Mandalorian. He, he needs help just to get from place to place. He needs to be rescued. He needs to be taken to Luke Skywalker in the end. And here we see Omega learn quickly on her own, on her feet. Um, in that, you know, first episode, she. Tracks the dragon like Hunter does. Um, you know, she watches what he does, and she's able to emulate what he does. And she's willing to jump into action bravely. And she, you know, gets—I forget what it is—what that power source that they need. She, she gets it. Um, you know, for them. So, you know, while she is younger, she's kind of a child. She, she's able to, you know, learn quickly, and she's willing to on her own, which I think makes her very different from Grogu.
0: Yeah, I also think that it's it's a lot to ask anybody to be the note the new Grogu because <laughs> I, I feel like that character took took everyone by storm, right? It's, it's a mm-hmm. lot. It's a lot of pressure to put there. But I also think that Omega is not really set up to be to to be that kind of a character because so much of what we have, um, so much of what we've talked about with omega is the mystery of who she is we know who grogu is so much so much of it has been sort of um sort of what her destiny is we've always kind of known what grogu's destiny is right like there's just it's very different to to me yeah to me there were only so many things that there are only so many ways the grogu story could have gone whereas i feel like omega's story could go literally anywhere we mm-hmm. said she can be Captain Phasma for all we know. Right? <laughs> uh, I
1: mean, any, at this rate, anybody. Yes,
0: uh, I, I do yeah. want to say um, I I had misspoken before. We're talking about the episodes Replacement and Cornered. Cut and Run was the second episode, not the third one. I just got oh, my, oh, my, my oh. just before someone emails me. I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, all right, um, good. I
2: suddenly I suddenly panicked. I was like, did I watch the wrong episode? <laughs> no, no, no. We,
0: we definitely did. I just I just okay. mentioned the uh, the wrong one there. Gotcha. Um, and, and I have to say part of that. Is I feel like the third episode, the only thing that really sticks sticks out of my mind for that episode is the scene with the new clone troopers. I'm sorry, the, the new the new stormtroopers going to try to take out Sagharra's folks. Oh yeah, they're already mm-hmm. gone, and then there's a disagreement over whether or not they should kill the innocents. Like to me, that that's the most. That is the most striking part of that episode.
1: Oh, yeah, by far.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought that we were going to get eventually a reconciliation of all of the clones. I don't
2: know if we're getting that anymore.
0: Mm. I don't know if Crosshair is ever coming back.
2: Yeah, I, Omega keeps... She mentions again. I've written which episode that it's not his fault. Yeah, they talked right. about how
1: there there's a possibility to modify the inhibitor chip, but I don't know if that's going to be there.
2: Yes, yeah, so I, I feel like even if there's not some sort of reconciliation where they join forces, they'll be you know whether you know Crosshair is dying and there's some sort of episode you know where they forgive one another I feel like there'll be something but yeah I don't know if they'll all get back together again Mm
0: -hmm. and I I find that as I find that an interesting proposition for the show because on one hand obviously we all want like so much of Star Wars is about people sort of Getting separated and then coming back. Like, like, every trilogy is based on that idea, right? Of yeah. like the characters are together, then they separate and they come back. And so I think we're we're trained as Star Wars fans to be uh, to be rooting for that. But I, I I feel like he is at this point so far away from what they are in terms of um, just ideology. That if they just decided all of a sudden, okay, they're gonna take out his inhibitor chip or mess with it, or whatever, and now he is, he's sort of you know healed or whatever. I don't know if he could forgive himself for the way he's acted.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point.
0: You know, like, how many times we've we seen in, in in media somewhere where someone does something that they are not in control of themselves for, but they still can't forgive themselves. Yeah. It's a pretty common trope at this point. Um, And so I could could see there being something similar here where he's just not... He just doesn't feel like he can ever go back to how he was. Um, What's also interesting is that I find it... So, like, how can I say this? When I was watching the second episode, maybe, I had thought, all right, well, maybe Crosshair is supposed to be like the mole in the organization. He is going to eventually realize that Tarkin at all are evil, and he is going to take them down from the inside until you realize that you've seen Tarkin twenty years after this, and it's not Crosshair who brings him down. It's <laughs> <Luke> Skywalker, right? <laughs> so like yeah. it's it's interesting to even see like I I really don't know. If he doesn't join up totally with Tarkin, I don't know what his purpose is going to be in the overall show. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, the only thing I can really think of, too, is just, you know, he keeps talking about how good soldiers follow orders, and, you know, are we supposed to see, you know, how there's a difference between just blindly following orders and and using some sort of discretion and humanity to to know that you shouldn't just follow orders in every circumstance.
0: I mean, to me, he almost seems like the ultimate imperial for that reason.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. It's interesting. All right, well, let's do this. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to specifically talk about each of the four clones that we've been following and Omega and just sort of talk about what their characters are doing for us, who we like, who we don't like. We'll get that after this.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week
0: we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention and each month we dissect the previous
1: catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed, like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding.
0: And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinborough, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucca.
1: So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show.
0: All right. Let's start with Echo, who is the only non-enhanced clone that we have seen thus far. I mean, he has had enhancements put in, but that's because he was dying, not because he was designed that way. So I find it interesting that there are times that I totally forget that he's not an enhanced clone. I, I know uh, August, who's writing the reviews for our site, uh, she said the same thing. Just you know, she was she forgets sometimes that we're not looking at another enhanced clone, that he has a very different experience than everyone else. So, Liz, what do you think about Echo so far in the series?
2: Well, to be honest with you, I feel like he and the other one that's not Wrecker or Hunter, I keep getting confused. Uh, tech. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so maybe that's all I need to say about that. <laughs> Which sounds terrible. Which one um dressed up as the droid in um echo. In corner, that was echo. That's echo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. so I enjoyed that performance. Yes, um, that, oh, was, that was that was way- very fun. Yeah, and you know what? Now that I know that he's not enhan- he's the one that's not enhanced, I-, I enjoyed that performance even more and the fact that he was forced to dress up as a droid. Um, all right, okay. And then that he was disgruntled about that um, and then revealed himself to the droids. Um, okay, yeah, I enjoyed that comic relief part. I-, I like that. That's what I have to say about him. <laughs>
1: Matt, yeah. anything about Echo? I, I like the fact that he he still has the... He's the only one that has that um, I'm-too-old-for-this-shit <laughs> mentality yes. of yes. the original clones. Um, so he, he is not excited to be on the front lines. He's not enjoying himself the way that all the other ones are. Um, I mean, but he was used as a satellite dish by watt tambor for years right. and, you know is barely a clone so this is all he has going for him so he just kind of is dealing with it um but i i do like how he rubs against the other characters he's kind of the more grounding force of the team which i appreciate
0: yeah i also think that it's it's good to have a character that occasionally reminds you of the way things were because the other clones were never really part of the sort of Republic clone army, right? They were always kind of special forces. They were always Mm -hmm. this other thing. Whereas Echo is very much a reminder of this is how things used to be. And so he can... That fits in really well with the I'm too old for this shit opinion, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It, It really does put you in a position where you can... You can see both, quote, the good old days through his eyes, but also just a, a um sort of a real sense of how things have changed, how how while the clone army was not necessarily the ethically best decision to make, the clone army looks like a team of Buddhist monks praying for peace compared to what the empire is going to be. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So yeah, um, let's uh, let's move over to tech since Liz couldn't tell them apart to begin with. Let's just uh, <laughs> well,
2: uh, now I have some, now that I know the difference. I have a few things to say about okay. tech. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: what I, th- I think Matt mentioned last time how tech is really arrogant and just thinks he can do mm-hmm. everything. And uh, uh yeah, it's amazing. I've <laughs> continued to enjoy that part of his character.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he he. He's like the um, the uh, oh man um, Tyrion Lannister of the group, where he always you know is thinking three steps ahead, but doesn't bother telling anybody else, so they still fall behind. Um, <laughs> which I enjoy. Uh, <laughs> he he is in not in no way helpful, but his his abilities end up getting them into more trouble than actually helping them out of it, which is great as well. Mm. I,
2: I, I was going to say, to me, he maybe seems like a less helpful and no, less, believe it or not, self-aware maybe data from Star Trek. Um, mm. that, sure. that's, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah Where limitless potential, but mm-hmm. just not... His drives are not the drives that you would assume. And since you don't share that information they don't do what you think they need to do so yeah (laughs) never on the same page i I like that i like that comparison yeah um
0: he's just a fun character and i also think like this feels and again i I think matt might be a little too young to have watched this show but i'm hoping that liz will connect with me on this don't they kind of feel like the a team where each of them has like (laughs) (laughs) each of them has, has like their skill that they yeah. bring uh, to the I mean, table. They clearly lack a face, but yes, they <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yeah. So well, isn't Omega kinda of face? I, oh yes,
1: I, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, so
0: Matt, I am sorry I besmirched your A-team fandom. I should have been aware. <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh th- there was a night when my friend Sean got married where uh all of us decided we were gonna smoke cigars that night. And it was a bad idea to do this, but uh, my friend Ed and I were so drunk, we just kept saying, I love it when a plan comes together, like a hundred <laughs> times. We were outside in, in suits, smoking cigars, just saying that, mm-hmm. over and just laughing harder each time. And,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <Anyway>. it, it, <laughs> The 18 was one of those like shows for adults that I feel like kids watched when we were kids. hmm
1: Yes. Yeah. It, I, they, it, it does very much feel like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I... Oh, there's something in my notes about that. Even Not about the A team, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> which one of them hates airplanes? Let's see. <laughs> right, <laughs> give them the drugged milk. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a good pull. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad we can all share about the A team. It makes my mm-hmm. just made my day. Uh, no, actually... okay. I
1: thought I I thought I had something down there. I just have stuff about my notes. Literally talk about space puppies. <laughs> yeah, space so Space Morocco, which is where the second episode took place. Um, and is Omega Solid Snake. That's my. <laughs> oh.
2: I, I did also reference space puppies. Yes! yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Those space puppies were very cute. They were. Um, I feel like typically. Star Wars animation has not leaned as hard into the cute as the live action stuff was. Like, there are lots of things in The Mandalorian mm-hmm. that were very cute. I mean, Grogu notwithstanding, right? But I feel like yes. um, this is the first time I feel like when I saw it, I was like, oh, I can now imagine what the live action version of that thing would be.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when you mm-hmm. saw,
0: like, the loath cats and stuff on Rebels... I didn't necessarily think of how that would translate well over to live action, but this one, I'm like, oh, yeah. they're clearly gonna do this live action in the Mandalorian season yeah. nine or whatever, you know. Could... And as
1: Mandalorian showed about Lothcats, it doesn't translate well, right? Exactly. Yes, in weird football-headed nothings. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it. Uh, I I'm interested to see what Mark Hamill's uh, feelings on that was, because you know the long-standing feud between him and george lucas about are there dogs in star wars right because he wanted to have his dog in the star wars but george lucas always said no well, and now here Lucas, we go. Space George,
0: puppies. George Lucas was also the perv who told uh, Carrie Fisher she couldn't wear a bra in a new hope because <laughs> there are no bras in space; it would strangle you to death because of zero gravity. <laughs> so don't, don't, don't let. That's not a joke. That's something he said to her. Uh, it is. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I know. Don't <laughs> let George Lucas's uh, pervy ways get in the way of us enjoying some goddamn Star Wars dogs. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes. I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> George
2: Lucas, bra expert. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, what? What's I mean, going- your under-
2: your underwear don't strangle you. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the first thing they do, is just wrap right around your neck.
0: <laughs> See, I I feel like the um the like monkey's paw of this situation is he's like, I wish there were no bras in space, and then that that <laughs> came true. But then when he aged, his neck beneath his. Beneath, beneath his beard needs a bra of its own he has like he has like <laughs> neck boobs that hang down because he's fat now and like that's the curse that he was placed on because he said no bras <laughs> in Star Wars
2: it's one of Dante's levels of <laughs> yeah, exactly oh.
0: uh,
2: well that's what our George Lucas
0: slander for this week uh, let's, move yeah. over, let's move over to Wrecker um, <laughs> I feel like Wrecker is quite literally a big dumb animal But I liked that in the fourth episode, we got more of a sense, like, I don't want to say he doesn't care about Omega because clearly he's shown that he has. But this episode, you really saw him, like, um, super dig into he would do anything to protect her.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So that's, I I enjoyed that piece of it.
1: Yeah, Um, I I think there, there was like a mental transition between, like, she's a comrade in arms versus she's a child. And I think he's come around to that. Right.
2: Yeah. I agree. Yes.
0: I don't have anything super profound to say about Wrecker.
2: No. 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 no I did enjoy the short lived fight between he and Fennec Shand. So yes. That... <laughs> 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 that showed off her fighting skills
0: we'll talk about fennec shand after we get through the the, the clones here uh, yeah. i do want to talk about her a little bit and how she fits in here um okay. but let's let's swing around to um the, the last of the clones um whose name is now out of my head tracker which what, hunter? hunter hunter thank you for some reason just just I, mean, I wasn't tracker what the fuck um yeah, first, so, blood? first blood yes um <laughs> I feel like Hunter is – he suffers from Leonardo disease, and I mean that Leonardo the Ninja Turtle, not Leonardo the, you know, genius uh, inventor, painter, et cetera. Uh, um, uh, I thought you were trying to call him a Monet, but uh. – no. <laughs> we are <laughs> off the rails today and i love it i yeah, love it
2: afternoon taping is really worth. <laughs>
0: yeah this sounds like you, you would think this would be late at night when we're tired like no we're recording this at 3 42 p.m and we're yeah. just off the rails this yeah, is great funky in the yeah. afternoon <laughs> this should be our new thing I, I i am digging this this uh this whole setup here um but what i was gonna say is like you know, Leonardo and the Ninja Turtles was always kind of the lamest turtle because his whole job was just he had to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this episode is – um sorry, yeah, this past episode, really, like, you saw him doing heroic stuff, but you get very little sense of who he is except that, like, he's good at tracking people. But I don't know yeah. much
2: more about him yet. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, I, yeah, when we were just about to talk about him, I was struggling about you know what I would say. What what do I know about Hunter? Mm-hmm. Besides yeah. that, the Omega feels. Uh, does she even feel closest to him? I don't know. I
0: I guess I mean, he's sort of the mouthpiece for everybody, so I guess mm-hmm. just by default, she feels closest to
1: him. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, she she also ingratiates herself to anyone, including. An energy dragon and a bounty hunter. So I don't. You're right. That's true. Not a real great judge of character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that is true. Um, you
0: know, that said, even though he does, he is kind of um just undefined at this point. I do find myself liking the character. mm Hmm. I agree. I think he's the most likable of the clones because he's the one that. I, I i hesitate to use the word normal here but i just feel like echo is m- almost more machine than man at this point mm-hmm. tech is up his own ass and thinks he's the smartest and wrecker is basically just you know uh, a professional wrestler clone and so mm-hmm. it's so you know he has the most he's the most relatable of the clones, I suppose. But I do wish that we got more about him as a person. But that's, see, to me, this is always the struggle that I was going to have, I thought, with the Clone Wars show, and the Clone Wars show succeeded in going past this, and then I had the same thought with the Bad Batch, where, like, so much of of media, whether it's a novel or a film, is about what are the choices this person made to bring them to this point? And with the clones, that choice, that isn't there, right? Like, they didn't, one of them didn't lose their dad tragically. One of them didn't almost drown at a lake in the summer, and that's why they're afraid of water. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's none of that building experience. They came out of a tube at some point, and that's that. And so I feel like if we want to know more about the character, we just have to spend more time with him. Because I don't know if there's much more under the hood there.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think right now we're at an interesting point in the series where they are, th- there is no direction. They are very lost. They keep trying to get further away from the center of the Empire, realizing that they're, you know, it's not about Coruscant. <laughs> the Empire is everywhere now. Um, and I don't, I he, I don't think he knows the same way that we don't know. Like, where is this going? Where will they go how are they going to survive? So I think he's just kind of overwhelmed right now as well, which is something sort of relatable to Star Wars that we don't often see.
2: Yeah, I mean, they don't, they're do not they not sure what to do. I mean, they don't even know how really... They talk about how they don't really even know how to get food. Their food won't be provided for them anymore, so they need to figure out what to sell in order to get <laughs> yeah. food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have a grenade. We'll trade for rations. Yeah. Yes,
0: yes. Um, I I did like the, in this in the fourth episode seeing them willing to like not that these are necessarily like Boy Scouts, but I did like the idea of just like we're going to pretend this guy's a droid. We're going to sell him and then just leave. Like I I, I, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed the deception that was that was there. Mm-hmm. That, was, yeah. that was fun. Um, <laughs> all right, and so that brings us to to uh, Omega. Do we have any more of a sense? As to what her deal is yet? Because clearly I, she's important... Yeah. En- I'm sorry, Matt. I was going to say she's important enough yeah. to presumably the Empire that they sent Fennec Shand after her or important enough to somebody else that they sent a bounty mm. hunter to, to grab her. We don't know exactly who did that yet. but clearly, I don't think it's the Empire. Interesting. Okay. but you know, And the Empire clearly wants her back as well. So, th- so there are multiple people who are gunning for her but we really don't know what her enhancements are. We really don't know much about her. We also don't know if she's aging in real time. You know, one of the things it, that is um, established in Attack of the Clones is that Boba Fett was is a clone, but is a clone that ages as a normal person ages, and that was that was what Jango wanted. He wanted a son that would basically act like a real child. Uh, so we don't know. <coughs> excuse me, if she is aging in real time or if she is accelerated. And so if there's a bad batch season two and it's six months later, is she going to be like an 18 year old now? You know, like we don't, we just don't know anything about her yet. So Mm -hmm. what do you guys sort of get? What is your sense of the character right now?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think there's a couple, I have a couple different theories. Um, and I, I definitely think that the, she's not being hunted by the empire as much as being chased by the, um, Keminoans themselves because they did talk about how she is crucial to their next stage cloning process and for me it's, I think it's either one of two ways it's either um, the Solid Snake analogy if anyone, Metal Gear Solid um, he was the perfect clone um, someone didn't do regular you know, biology in school but he had every dominant gene which would have left him very <laughs> mutated Um, But in theory, he's, like, the best humanity can be. And I wonder if she is that sort of, like, perfected clone. Every enhancement they can give, she has. Or the other way is that she is a clone that they can then continue to replicate. Because as they were talking about, they can't clone from clones. They need a specific genetic material. But if they figured out how in Omega to continue to grow, change, enhance, and then continue to grow from that sample, that might be her deal. I don't know if, she, if she's able to reproduce naturally, um, and that's the reason that she's a female while the others are all male, um, or if they can just use her genetic material to um, recreate uh that that that's my two thoughts on why she's so significant. I just want to
0: say, Matt, real quickly. Clearly, the Empire has not seen Multiplicity, the, the Michael Keaton vehicle, because <laughs> in, in that movie there is a clone made from a clone, and we find out that he's you know bored, basically an offensive, uh, an offensive stereotype of the mentally ill. But yeah, it, it yeah. is possible. So just you know, watch your Multiplicity Empire. Um, yeah. But yeah, Liz, what do you think of Omega so far?
2: All right, so I had some ideas, and I feel like now I've thought about some other things now that Matt was speaking. So during the episode as I was watching, it seemed obvious that Fennec Shand was after Omega, but it also seemed like she was after the other clones, so she was after the Bad Batch as well, or at least after Hunter, because once she got Omega she was still hanging out, waiting. It's not like she left right away. Mm-hmm. So I, I I didn't really get the impression that it's the Empire, you know, looking for her. So I, I feel like I agree with Matt that it's the Kaminoans that want her back. And at first, it didn't seem like they were too concerned that she escaped. And now that, um, what's his name? Is that guy Rampart is here and everyone who's trying to get rid of the clones and deal with these recruits, I guess maybe it would make sense that the Kaminoans would want her back, maybe if um, she is in fact a more perfect version of a clone or a better clone. Um, I don't know. And then they were also talking about, it, it felt like at some point they mentioned they needed one and maybe they needed another, I felt like I caught and now that mentioned that and the fact that Omega is a female, I, I don't know. Do they need like a male and female clone? I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I really don't know. It's There's a lot of mystery there. And I I kind of wish the show was leaning more into the mystery. But I think yeah. I, I think the reason it's not is I don't think we know who sent Fennec Shand yet. I don't think we've met rather who sent Fennec Shand yet.
1: Okay,
0: I think it's going to be a character that we already know, but we haven't seen on this show.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Uh, And I don't know if that's like, I don't want to, look, the last thing I want is more shitty Boba Fett, but like, (laughs) can't you kind of see Boba Fett being interested in a female clone that's his age? Mm-hmm. Oh, or, or ew, around ew, his Brian. I don't I don't mean Oh God Matt don't take not everything <laughs> is about sex Matt come on
2: <laughs>
0: but just you know just the idea of you know yeah just like no I somebody similar to him and we know that Boba and Fennec have Uh, they meet up in the future I, I don't I don't think necessarily that they've been working together for 30 years but you know
1: did uh, did Fennec work for was she an assassin for Jabba the Hutt or who was she an assassin for when we meet her Mm-hmm.
0: Good question. That's do that, that that's a good that's a good question. I forget who she's working for exactly. Um, but but regardless, I, I just I just think yeah. that like, I, I think if it was, if 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 Fennec, <coughs> excuse me, I got a tickle in my throat. If Fennec was being sent by anybody that we know, we we'd have seen it already. Essentially. Mm-hmm.
2: That makes sense. Yeah, I can see that too. Ooh, man, mystery. Mm-hmm.
0: But I will say that if it is somebody we haven't met yet, I hope we don't need to wait until the last episode of the season to meet that character.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah.
0: I would, I would much rather see that be a part of this of the season than sort of the cliffhanger of the season.
2: I I don't see this show as being a cliffhanger type of show, but who knows?
0: Well, not even a cliffhanger, but, I, you know, um, I still wouldn't be happy if, if we don't find out who it is until the end
1: of the season. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. Kind
2: of, yeah that's kind of what I, I'm saying. Like, I, I, I don't see them holding it over us for that long, but who yeah. knows? Yeah, like some
1: sort of revelation.
0: Yeah. I also don't know. I'm very curious to see what Disney considers success for this show. Like, I don't know if they're looking at streams or if they're looking at subscriptions or what. Like uh, The Mandalorian, everyone I know was talking about that show. My mom was like, "You watching this Mandalorian show?" My mom has never seen a Star Wars movie. So, you know, it's it it, it was just it was a cultural like touchstone. This is not that. So I wonder what their metrics for success is if we're gonna see more of, more of the Bad Batch, or if this is just a one season, you know, little thing. Uh,
2: yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, my parents watch The Mandalorian; they're right. definitely not watching The Bad Batch. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. And I guess, you know, everyone hopes for the success that The Mandalorian had, but obviously not everything can have that level of success. Is this, you know, enough, you know, for a regular show, for the Mm -hmm. amount of money they put into an animated series with voice actors, where one actor is playing, you know, 8,000 roles? Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I also wonder if there's... um, If Dave Filoni is a big enough deal at Lucasfilm, that they basically figure enough people will watch anything he does. Let him do what he wants mm-hmm. because he's bringing in enough money elsewhere, right?
2: Yeah. Like,
0: think about all the money Disney made from Baby Yoda stuff. <laughs> like it's it's unfathomable that they, Disney made more money off Baby Yoda than almost any other country, any other company made in the last two years. Mm-hmm. In most other countries, made correct. Yes, that is true. Also, yes, yes. <laughs> the, 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 what is the gross national product? Yes, of <laughs> half the world is Grogu uh, merchandise. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd be I'd be really interested to see sort of what success looks like for here. Um, all right, we talked about Fennec. We talked who's sending her. We talked about the clones. Talked about Omega. Is there anyone else that you guys feel like we need to, anything else we need to talk about before
1: we wrap up? Hmm. Mm. Uh, no, no. Yeah, no. No, because talk about Tarkin and Rampart hasn't really come into play yet. I'm sure he'll become more important as time goes on. We had our mandatory Goat Man sighting, so we're good there. <laughs> I was gonna say Goat Boy from
0: SNL is now Star Wars canon. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if his TV series, Hey Remember the Eighties, is also Star Wars canon now. But uh, <laughs> okay, oh, we'll see about oh. that. Uh, we have reached the Jim Brewer reference part of the show, and that means it is time to yep. go. So um, <laughs> we will return in a few weeks. Maybe, I mean, if, if the show stays interesting, I'm fine doing this every two weeks, but mm-hmm. I could see it at a certain point not having enough meat. Maybe we'll switch to once a month at that point, but yeah. we'll see. We'll definitely keep up with, with the Bad Batch. Um, thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate it. And remember, until next time, the Force will be with you always.